Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, you guys, it's me, Yvonne, host of The Gaggle. Out of an abundance of caution, almost everyone in our newsroom will be working from home for the next few weeks. That means we're away from our studio and our usual recording equipment. So you might notice that our podcast sounds a little bit different because of that. But it isn't stopping us. We'll still be bringing you new episodes every week. Thanks so much for listening. It's 8.34 on election night, and the results are in. Former Vice President Joe Biden won the Arizona primary. Our campaign has had a very good night. We've moved closer to securing the Democratic Party's nomination for president. And we're doing it by building a broad coalition that we need to win in November. This wasn't a surprise. Sanders' campaign lost major momentum last Tuesday when he lost the state of Michigan, a state he won handily against Hillary Clinton in 2016, and he was down big in recent polling in Arizona. And looking at Arizona's voting record in the past? In Arizona, we can see Donald Trump. He's running away with it in this. Well, Arizona has a history of voting reliably red. It's only recently, with the state's changing demographics, that people are viewing the state as purple. When Democrats do win in Arizona, they've run middle-of-the-road campaigns designed to appeal to independents, and they've had help from Republicans who were viewed as unelectable. That was the approach of Senator Kirsten Sinema, who's built a reputation for being fiercely independent and willing to work across the aisle. During my six years in Congress, I've tried to be a cheerful warrior, willing to work with literally anyone to get things done. So was Sanders' run in Arizona all for nothing? Did his agenda have any effect at all? I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter for the Republic. In today's episode of The Gaggle, we're talking about Bernie Sanders' lasting impact on Democrats in Arizona. He lost, which means his progressive ideals haven't quite taken root in our newly minted battleground state. Could they in the future? We'll dive into the hints we've seen that Bernie Sanders' brand of politics has already made an impact, the effect of which will play out for years to come. Up first, let's quickly break down the election results and what they mean. So Joe Biden is winning in Arizona with 42% of the vote as of the time of this recording. Bernie Sanders, meanwhile, is walking away with about 30% of the vote. And what's the significance of that? Well, there are two ways to talk about the significance. We can talk about what it means today, and we can talk about the significance of what it might mean for the future. Okay, so let's start with today. So first off, Sanders was not able to fulfill his promise of a political revolution and reshaping the electorate by getting out enough young voters and enough Latino voters to win the nomination here. 
By contrast, Joe Biden was largely supported by older voters and moderates who came out in much higher numbers than Sanders supporters. So what should we take from all of that? Well, Arizona Democrats, at least the ones who showed up to vote this time, are not as progressive or as liberal as Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden was correct in his assessment that the state wasn't as competitive as Sanders may have thought it was. Remember, Bernie Sanders visited the state on March 5th, and Joe Biden hasn't really campaigned in Arizona since 2012. Biden probably knew he didn't have to do as much to win here. In 2018, for example, Kirsten Sinema won the first Senate race for an Arizona Democrat in 30 years, and she did it with a post-partisan political brand that Biden has sort of echoed. I guess I'm a little bit different than most people in politics. It's time to stop fighting and look for common ground. So future Democratic candidates probably will continue to campaign as a cinema-style moderate, someone who can pull in both Democratic voters and independents and perhaps some moderates. But for progressives here in Arizona, this is not really a message that they want to hear. I talked with David Garcia. He was the Democratic challenger who lost to Governor Doug Ducey in 2018. And he basically said, Sure, you can get a lot of Republicans and independents to vote for a Democrat, but... Our basic calculation is uh, to, to win in Arizona as a Democrat, you either got to get people to change their minds and vote for you or get new people to vote. And uh, I believe that the latter is uh, getting new people to vote is the, the right direction for fundamental change in, uh, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Essentially... That won't lead to any substantial change if you just keep going after Republicans and independents without a bold progressive message. But some would argue you can't change anything at all if you don't win. And after all, Biden, like Sinema, did win. And most political experts would have told you that Biden's moderate approach was the only strategy that would work here in Arizona. Here's Andy Barr, a Democratic political consultant in Arizona. I mean, there will be a time in the future where we have to play base politics in order to get people riled up to win. But right now, Democrats like just want winners in Arizona. And as we saw with Sinema's uh, campaign, like they will tolerate moderate candidates. They will tolerate candidates who don't vote with them on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't tolerate people who are not playing to win. Here's an example of one of those voters. Her name is Sharon Foltz, and she's from Pima County. I feel good about our state government. I'm a fan of Doug Ducey. I'm an independent. Um, She's retired, considers herself independent, and she originally supported Amy Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar, But sadly, she didn't make it, but that's okay. I have hopes she's going to be the vice president, so (laughs) I got my fingers crossed. But now she's voting for Joe Biden. Thrilled that Joe Biden is coming on strong. Because for her, Bernie Sanders was really not even an option. I I will not vote for Bernie Sanders, Um, just as I did in the last election. I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton and I couldn't vote for Trump, so my vote really didn't matter. I voted for, the I think, the Libertarian candidate. And she didn't see him as believable. I feel like he's just a really angry man who is not in touch at all with the average day-to-day family and the poverty that people face and 
the challenges that people face. I just don't think he's realistic. He makes all these uh, pie crust promises, and which is, I guess, why I don't know why young people are flocking to him, but there's no way. Sharon is really representative of the generational divide that Democrats are facing. The split among younger and older voters who either love and embrace Bernie Sanders or reject Bernie Sanders and his socialist message. But it is not just the ideological debate that our progressive movement is winning. We are winning the generational debate. So let's talk about the significance now of these election results going forward. Moving forward, the significance is that Bernie Sanders really inspired and left his mark on a lot of groups here that are projected to grow and will eventually have the largest impact in the future, young people and Latinos. While Joe Biden continues to do very well with older Americans, especially those people over 65, our campaign continues to win the vast majority of the votes of younger people. And this is something Bernie Sanders takes pretty seriously, to the point that he warned the Democrats how important it would be going forward. Today, I say to the Democratic establishment, in order to win in the future, you need to win the voters who represent the future of our country, and you must speak to the issues of concern to them. You cannot simply be satisfied by winning the votes of people who are older. While we may not know how long it will be before we see these groups voting in really large, expansive numbers, we do know that Bernie Sanders' ideas have already permeated the minds of a lot of Democrats around here. It wasn't that long ago that the idea of gay marriage, for example, seemed radical. Now it's broadly popular. And four years ago, free college, well, that was radical. And now Joe Biden is even beginning to adopt some of those ideas. In a nod to the progressive agenda, Biden, shortly before the debate against Bernie Sanders, said he was going to go beyond his initial plan He's now proposing free college tuition for students whose family income is below 125000 So it could be the case that some of the ideas that seem far off right now for all these Bernie Sanders fans will be normalized in the near future, at least among Democrats. So let's talk about the kinds of ideas that Sanders supporters are talking about by letting you hear from them yourself. Hi, can I interrupt you for a moment? My yeah, name is yeah. Yvonne, I'm a reporter with the Arizona Republic. and this is T- Yvonne and I went out to the Sanders rally, which was held at the same place Trump rallied just a few weeks prior with one of our producers. And I found a man named Eddie Nunez. He was wearing a Tio Bernie shirt, Spanish for Uncle Bernie. So you're out here with a Veterans for Bernie sign, a Tio Bernie t-shirt, a Bernie 2020 pin, and a gold chain necklace of the Virgin of Guadalupe. Yes. Why are you here supporting Bernie? Well, uh, this country has a a long history of demonizing people of color. Um, You know, I served in the military for four years. I came back home to Phoenix, Arizona, and I still saw 
a lot of discrimination and racism, you know, based on the color of my skin. Eddie was exactly the type of voter that Bernie Sanders and progressives were looking for and trying to turn out. He started telling me how, when he was in the Marine Corps, some of his peers would say pretty racist things about undocumented immigrants who were crossing north into the United States from Mexico. He said that was really his first reality check, that things needed to change. Uh, Bernie's the one that, that's going to take that, that racism away from this country, and he's all for inequality, and I'm all for that. He also made it clear that he sees Bernie's policies as common sense. You know, it's 2020. You know, a simple Google search would, uh, would let you know that most of his policies are already in place in the developed world. And, you know, it doesn't take much to find out we're entitled to more than what we're getting right now. How do you pay for it? Bernie's the only one that talks about taking, bringing home the troops and ending this war. We have spent trillions on this war, and I have seen it firsthand when I deployed to Iraq that it's just a big waste of manpower, supplies, and taxpayer money. He's going to tax the rich. He's going to end this war. And that's a big chunk of where, where this is going to come from. The one issue Eddie didn't mention that Bernie campaigned hard on was climate change. But there certainly wasn't a lack of young Sanders supporters fired up about that issue. At Sanders' rally, he actually had Brian Messinas from the Arizona Youth Climate Strike speak. And I'm a youth climate activist. Around this time last year, our group started off as five high school students here in Phoenix just wanting to take care of our home. We knew then that the climate crisis wasn't some far-off issue that we still have plenty of time to deal with. Concern over climate change really seemed to span the generations of people who were there. Both younger and older voters cared a lot about this issue, and they said Bernie was really the strongest candidate for change on that front. Another person I spoke to was 19-year-old Eric Daniels. And climate change, what about that? Just Overall, it's just a really scary issue, and there's not much action. There's a lot of talk. I just... I. To have a president that really believes in science is something that's really crucial. Why is that such a big deal for you? Um, just coming generations, I feel like that's something everyone should really think about. Um, not And just the overall security of our uh, planet. Eric lives in Coolidge and works as a Kentucky Fried Chicken manager, but he also committed to Arizona State University for classes. So in addition to climate change, He's really concerned about health care and financial stability. Concern is after you pour all this money into college education is actually having the ability to get a job and career that will pay well and making sure you're not in debt after college. So that's a really big issue that I think Bernie um, address, addresses and tackles pretty well. And the thing about Eric? He was at the Bernie rally because he was still undecided. At this point, I think it's a 50-50. Uh, Bernie Sanders is going to definitely have to pull more support within Arizona if he wants to win the state. Um, I, like you said, I think Joe Biden here has a strong base as far as moderates go, because Arizona right now is the moderate state. Um, but I think he, he has a possibility. I'm just not too sure. I think it's a 50-50 right now. But even as an undecided voter, he was still happy with the ideas and the issues that Bernie Sanders was campaigning on. I think Bernie's message is very powerful, especially for Latino voters and minorities overall. Um, something that really resonated was, once again, that economic security and making sure everyone has a level playing field. 
Um, so I think that's something that really resonated with me for Bernie. In poll after poll and election after election, we win the overwhelming majority of young people. The young people of this country are on our side. Truth is, Biden does very, very well with older people, uh, and they vote. Uh, young people don't vote as much as I would like. But the future of this country believes in a progressive agenda, which says that we need a government and an economy that works for all, not just the few. That was Bernie Sanders speaking on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon last week on March 11th. And he again reinforced the idea that his campaign, not Joe Biden's, was the one to win over the young voters. He may not have been successful enough to appeal to people like Sharon Fultz, but in his mind, he's built a relationship and maybe even a loyalty with the future of this country. And there's no question his agenda has pushed the party's agenda further to the left. And odds are, we will hear his agenda, his policies, and his ideals in many elections to come. And I don't believe necessarily that Bernie is going for like true socialism. He's like, he's trying to blend into society and sort of make the first steps so that other people can follow him. He can be as socialist as he wants. He's just gonna be a sounding board. Congress isn't gonna let him do it, but they will listen to his ideas. I hope that when Bernie goes around Arizona, goes around the nation, and says that he's a Democrat and socialist, that people don't just run away. What I hope is that they ask questions like, why? And when they do that, he will tell them that all the things he stands for and that he's with the regular people and that he wants to fight for them and he doesn't want anyone to be in danger in any type of way. He wants to help people, not hurt people, and I hope that they, they, they realize that. That's it for today, Gecko listeners. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.